0: The Motorcycle Show is brought to you by DiscountRamps.com. DiscountRamps.com offers a huge selection of PowerSports products for your ATV, UTV, motorcycle, and more. Everything you need to load, haul, or transport your PowerSports toys. Listeners can save 15% using code 2Wheels. That's the number 2 W-H-E-E-L-S on DiscountRamps.com. This is The Motorcycle Show, episode 14 for January 29th, 2022. I'm Crash. And I'm tired. (laughs) Dude, I got to Japan uh, yesterday, and boy, are my arms tired. Uh, No, I'm... I'm going through jet lag. So like right before we started this, well, no, probably like, I don't know, three or four hours before we started this, I was, I was ready for bed. I feel fine now, but like, yeah, a couple hours ago I was I was talking to my friend Ashley going, man, I am dying. Like I could go to sleep right now. And it was only like four in the afternoon for me.
1: What are you (laughs) talking about? You're making me (laughs) yuck. No, it's like, it's like seven something here. Yeah. 705. But well, you, you didn't wake me up or the alarm didn't wake me up. The freaking wind here was so loud this morning. We're going to have a cold front coming through and it's going to be in the twenties tonight. Yeah. So that'll be our Florida winter for two days. No, I'm just like, I've been, I've been, I haven't been able to go to sleep for some reason. I've been staying up late and then I had to pick Marsha from the airport last night and her flight was delayed. And then she wanted to eat when we got in. So <laughs> we found like a, a Greek restaurant that was open till 2 a.m like a Mediterranean place mm-hmm. and got something that, you know, like grilled chicken and chicken shawarma and a salad. So yeah, it was, it was just another late night. Then we came home and she had to have tea and I wanted to hang out with her. And by the time I got to bed, it was like quarter to one, but uh, yeah, no man, everything else. I, we had company for a while. Um, Christy from that used to do the motorific podcast was in town cause she flew in, she bought a Ducati from Ducati in Miami. Yeah. And uh, she bought a Multistrada and was going to and was rode it back up to georgia i was going to leave it there for a while she flew back to to oregon and then she's going to come back and like do a tour of the new northeast but sitting there looking at that ducati in the garage i was like <laughs> hmm maybe this maybe i should get a multi-shot and then i just remembered They're all nice. my friends talk yeah they are nice but it's the cost of ownership in south florida for a ducati is really. Oh, high. is it really bad yeah it's first of all anybody that owns one does not like any of the local dealerships for service that's you next time that sucks
0: man like I um, I had a similar situation I think I've talked about it on the show before with a Ducati dealership in Virginia so it's like what is it about Ducati dealerships
1: and there's only a couple here like Ducati of Miami is one of the few standalone dealerships most of them have other brands yeah and, you know the mechanics just aren't up to par so there's a guy a local guy that they all go to mm-hmm. that does race bikes and teams and stuff but man he's expensive he does great work but he's expensive. So I just, that's, I don't know. As
0: yeah. much as
1: I like the Italians, you know, it, my experience with owning the Moto Guzzi and having a deal with the dealership was horrible. So right. I don't, I don't, the last thing I want to do is drive to Miami. Yeah.
0: You could move to Portland and then go to Moto Corsa. Um, I've heard really good things about,
1: about Yeah, Moto Courses seems like the one place everybody talks about that they like. Yeah, the general manager Shaheen is uh
0: also on the Brap Talk podcast, the one that's done by Jensen from Asphalt and Rubber. Yeah. So he they seem pretty nice, but you know, they're in Portland and you're in not and I'm not. So
1: So the other thing I haven't told you yet is yeah. um this is like just some personal news not a big deal we went to jacksonville actually marcy drove the van up there to get some work done on it we had a winch installed and an onboard air compressor and i flew up the night after because i had stuff to do the day that she went up i flew up the night after with the intention of driving back with her and we <laughs> we were in a rental car mm-hmm. getting ready to go pick the van up on the exit ramp of I-295, which is like a service spur highway around I-95 that goes to Jacksonville. Sure, and All of a sudden, I hear this horrendous crash behind us, and then we got hit. Oh, shit. Yeah, so this some truck rams into a car behind us. That car sandwiched us between him and a, a big commercial van in front of us and destroyed the rental car, like front and back, just Man. destroyed. <laughs> Airbags went off, yeah. <laughs> I was a little shaken up when it first happened because my back and neck kind of hurt. I'm like, Oh God, please don't tell me I'm, you know, seriously injured. Turns out I was fine. So was she. The guy comes walking up that was in the truck to see if everybody was okay. And I noticed this guy's wearing like short pants and cowboy boots with gang tattoos like all over him Uh and then um later on when we were trying to leave i asked the cop for the exchange of information form and a report he goes "Eh, it's going to be a while before i can get this i'm like why he goes well that the truck's got no registration there's no tag the guy's got no id on him we don't know anything about it it might even be stolen like like, oh oh, great so (laughs) that's turned into like uh, an ordeal a little bit but yeah thank god we weren't in the van because it probably would have totaled the van that would have sucked all this all that money and time you put in that van yeah no i mean you know, we were like god thank god it's somebody else's car and, and then oh, now man, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take some personal privilege for a rant about hertz rental car company go for it flat out Got the accident. She immediately calls the emergency service number, tells them they had an accident. She calls her insurance company, tells them there was an accident. They send, Hertz sends a tow truck out, pick up the car. They, they handle everything. She got a text message confirmation. They picked up the car, the text message that it was dropped off. At a Hertz location, next day she gets a charge on her credit card for a hundred bucks, and they continue to charge her credit card every day for a rental that has not been returned. <coughs> so she calls Hertz on the phone. Gets customer service rep and they say, Oh, yeah, we can see here it was returned to the uh, airport location in Jacksonville on such and such a date. She goes, But the contract's not closed out. That's why you're getting charged. She goes, Can you close out the contract? She's like, No, they have to do it at the location. She goes, You have to call over there. And then basically hangs up the phone. So we, we try calling that location. They don't answer the phone. We try calling the location we rented it from. They don't answer the phone. Matter of fact, The night we were returning the car, the location we rented it from is in a car dealership. Mm -hmm. I had to call the car dealership to get somebody to to just tell me if they had a drop-off box. Yeah. (laughs) Because they don't answer their phone at the counter. So she calls back and gets a different person and they're like helpful and they Mm -hmm. actually try to call the location themselves. And she goes, yeah, I'm really sorry. They're not answering the phone. She's like, wait, let me get this straight. You can see I returned the car. Yes, I can see it's in your file. It shows that it's at the airport location. Well, why can't you close out the file? Our system doesn't allow that. It has to be done at the location. She was like, you mean to tell me I got to like drive up there five hours and go walk in there to get someone to do something because they don't answer the phone? She's like, I really don't know what to do to help you that's ridiculous. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's how inefficient their system is. Like, so we had to call back like five times, finally got somebody in management that said they were going to escalate it, you know? Yeah. And yesterday she got a notification that they stopped billing her. It, It. that's absolutely complete, <laughs> complete lunacy. It's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. like. Really, you can tell. Like, oh yeah. So she, so I said, if it takes a month, you're just going to keep charging every day. She's like, oh, I'm really sorry that you're upset and frustrated. I'm like, yeah, to say the least. So, yeah, it's like that's an understatement. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> d- d- whatever, man. Now I'm done bitching about it. But <laughs> okay, back to motorcycle news. Yeah, uh, I talked to uh, i talked to a buddy of mine who's a dyed-in-the-wool hardcore Harley rider who may or may not have been a one percenter at one time.
0: Okay. Are there any other dyed-in-the-wool insert brand here, people?
1: Oh, yeah. Honda? Yeah, that's true. That's
0: true. That's true. true. Yeah. Honda's definitely got like... (sighs) its crew
1: yeah there's a neat yeah I, I used to know a guy and i used to say this i used to bleed honda red
0: yeah i guess i just never i never like run into people that are i've I more frequently run into people that are like yeah harley's more than like anything else i guess
1: well i think i think what you find more in our side is you'll find people that are more loyal to a, a type of bike like yeah I only ride sport bikes or I only mm-hmm. do cruisers, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And I think, listen, I think Harley has been, has done such a great job about building a community and a mystique and a, you know, uh, a brand. Yeah. That, yeah, people are really... More dyed in the wool about the brand. Like, look how many other dealerships do you go in that are as big as Harley dealerships and have as much swag as they do.
0: That's true. Yeah, I mean, even like I was in the one in Yokohama here uh, last time I was out here looking for something for a buddy of mine who rides a Harley, but he had had to go home early. And um, you know, even the ones here, like it was, it was a Japan-sized Harley dealership, so it was you know smaller than a United States one, but it was mm-hmm. still big, like for compared to a lot of other places.
1: It's amazing too, that they, even in places where like, for instance, in Portugal, in Lisbon, and I didn't realize this until I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's from Scotland so in the US we go to a car dealership and there's a lot with like 500 cars on it yeah so, so we go there we, we can pick out the car we want and typically that's what they want you to do they don't want to order something for you they want you to take what's on the lot mm-hmm. in the UK apparently and in play, like I noticed this in Lisbon there's, there aren't car dealership lots like they're in the middle of a city yeah they're like a the storefront or whatever yeah yeah and there's like three cars in there and then they you go in there and they you order everything. And she was telling me how you know it used to take whatever a week or two to get what you want, now it's like months. Now, maybe they've got a regional lot somewhere that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that feeds into all the dealers, but but even the motorcycle dealerships, I know, it's like the Harley dealership, it was freaking huge, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't have 200 bikes out front like you see in America. Like there's that poor Joe schmo in the morning that's got to roll all those things out and <laughs> yeah. put them all back at night, right? Yeah. But yeah, they, they they're just they built a brand, and I think a lot of that diehard, you know, dyed-in-the-wool following is because of the brand, not necessarily the bike. Because yeah. the funny thing is, is a, a lot of these guys have never ridden another type of motorcycle. Now there are some that are. I've met a few guys that like, uh, came off of dirt bikes, you know, and had some experience riding off road, but no, nothing like brand wise. So we're having this conversation the other day and, um, he's had a bunch of different Harleys, you know, and really nice bikes. And he was telling me about one that he's got, that's kind of like a cross between a Dyna and a soft tail or something. Mm-hmm. It, it, they made it for a couple of years. <laughs> But um, I said, I made mention about wanting to get another bike and wanting to sell the KTM and what, and I was looking at the Pan America and I thought what was going to come out of his mouth because he started the conversation like, oh boy. Like I thought what was going to come out of his mouth is that's not a Harley. He goes, that thing is fantastic. (laughs) I'm like, really? Yeah. He goes, No, man. He goes, Oh, everybody loves it. He goes, as a matter of fact, a lot of the club guys are buying them as second bikes. I'm like, you're kidding. He's like, no. Like they're totally getting into the whole adventure thing.
0: Huh. Like that's cool. I really I hope it's working for them. Like, as much as we love to shit on Harley. It's mostly because they're such an easy target and it's not because we actually don't like them with, you know, like, I, no, I'm yeah, you know, no, happy no. to have an American brand that, you know, to shit on.
1: I make, I make fun more of the whole experience with like the Harley owners group people. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have you actually, that reminds me, have you
0: seen the show? I think you should leave on Netflix. No. Okay. So it's this sketch comedy show that is insane. Like I just completely insane. It's I don't I don't know if it's good. I've seen several episodes and I can't decide if it's actually good. But they have this one sketch where the main actor in it, I don't remember his name, he's, he's dressed up kind of like a typical biker dude and he's walking down the street and he sees a bike sitting on the side of the road. He's like, oh yeah, that's a cool bike, bro. And then and like, he's not saying this to anyone. He's just saying it out loud. There's not even a person there. And then he keeps walking and he sees like uh, another bike. I think it's a, like an older V-Rod or something. And he's like, he's like, whoa cool bike and then keeps going and then a guy rides by on a bicycle and he goes huh motorcycle no motor weird and then he keeps walking he sees a car and he's like "It's like two motorcycles of the house in the middle <laughs> and then he, he sees a bus and he just like shits himself and then you see him like get to he like he's like in this having this moment of awe and he's like his hands are outstretched towards the sky and this beam of light hits him and then he like sucks back up into a spaceship full of like Harley rider looking dudes. And they're like sitting outside of the earth and he's like, yeah, they got motorcycles down here. And, <laughs> and, and then the whole crew comes down and goes on the same walk with him and is like freaking out about everything that has wheels.
1: Well, that is, that's ex- kind of exactly where the conversation went with this guy because yeah. he starts telling me like all the attributes of the, pan america huh like they've never been on a motorcycle before like oh my god it's got this thing where you can adjust the suspension on the fly and it's uh-huh. got different modes and like it's got you wouldn't believe and i'm thinking to myself yeah <laughs> we've had that for a while like,
0: like yeah I just, d- I bmw him... put electronics suspension <laughs> on motorcycles like 10 years ago
1: <laughs> yeah i just let him go you know i was like wow cool like i was gonna look at one and he's like but the fact that they're buying into it yeah. i thought was like i mean i think fantastic. that's great it's <laughs> yeah yeah. well it just goes to show you that there's just like the, the, the spaceship dude man you're so focused on one thing and that's all you know and that's yeah. it and so yeah But the but, show is called I Think You Should Leave and I gotta check it out yeah it's so weird well the, the weirdest one that I ever saw was on HBO called Little Britain did you ever see that no <laughs> yeah Oh my God. It was so bad. It was, it it was a skit that they had where it it opens up with this husband and wife, like Midwestern couple. Uh And they're talking about how great it's going to be to see his cousins that are coming from the UK that he's never met before. Mm -hmm. And the cousin that he's seeing is a woman and she's bringing her husband and her grown son and the son's like 36 years old. And they're kind of like talking about what they do. And, you know, these people come and they sit down and they're like very formal. They're dressed very nicely, you know, and they're offering him the girl the the wife is like, Oh, I made tea for you. I got tea and crumpets, you know, make you feel at home and they're talking to the older grown adult son. And he looks over at his mom and he goes, mother bitsy. And she goes, not now. And he goes, bitsy mother. And she's like, well, all right. And she unbinds her blouse, <laughs> pulls her breast out and sticks this guy in a tit.
0: <laughs> so she's breastfeeding her like grown son.
1: Yes. <laughs> and it's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch it. It's called Little Britain. And it's like, you can Google like Little Britain breastfeeding scene. And it, okay. it just goes on and on. And he, like, the camera angle is like shooting down in front of her with uh-huh. him laying across her lap, like going. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's like, it's you're like watching it cringing like oh my god i can't believe it like you feel you get sucked into it and you feel embarrassed for like the freaking people you know that are that are there yeah by the way your camera just disconnected i don't see any
0: oh
1: oh no did you whack something in your hysterical laughter? I don't know. Maybe I bumped the like
0: Ethernet or the USB-C cable or something.
1: Anyway, so getting back to the whole thing is now, you know, after hearing my friend talk about it, I still want to try to get a test ride on one. It's, they're impossible though, because every time the dealer calls me and I call them back, they're like, ah, oh, it was sold. So they're moving fast <laughs> and they're only getting like one at a dealership. That's it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you're completely gone. Christopher, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. All right, good. It's, I just was standing up to adjust the... To, like, turn the camera off and back on again. There you go. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it. Maybe, maybe it overheated. Who knows? Oh, boy. I'm well, I mean, not. that's a thing that they do. <laughs> Cameras. Yeah. I didn't feel Apparently. hot, though, so i don't know um so i the the closest motorcycle related thing that i've done in the last month was uh i went to mexico city for the weekend of martin luther king day that long weekend um and i saw so many bikes from like probably like chinese brands or whatever but i that i'd never heard of um you know it it was like
1: is there a commonality in displacement they were it, was
0: range. almost all low displacement. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of, I saw a couple of what you would consider like full sized motorcycles, you know, like 750 cc's or an N up. Um, like I saw a couple, uh, I saw a couple of vintage vintage Hondas and I saw a couple of, um, BMWs and stuff like that. Um, in some of the nicer parts of town, but generally speaking, all the motorcycles I saw were, um, you know, looked like really small displacement and were brands that I had never heard of before. Um, Including this, like, I walked by this motorcycle dealership that, I don't remember what it was called, but it just had, like, some generic, you know, name, not, like, related to a brand. And they just had a bunch of bikes like just a so it's basically like a, ch- a Chinese bike where you know do- dealership that had a, a bunch of different Chinese brands that all kind of looked the same. Um I saw a family of like three people riding on one. It was like cool.
1: I try, I'm trying to like look up and see if it's uh All right, here we go. The top 10 motorcycle brands domestic and import. Man, you're not kidding. I've never even heard of this. So one of them is called Italica, I T A L I K A. Okay. They're they're headquartered in Mexico. They're Asian design. I've never even heard of that.
0: Yeah. I think it might be badge engineering, you know, like one of those situations where... There are some companies cranking out a bunch of bikes, and then different brands put their.
1: Well, that's what this one sounds like. It says it's imported parts from a Korean firm that supplied motorcycle and scooter ports to mm-hmm. Um and it's kind of a weird uh, Veloci Best Overall. It's really bizarre. I've never seen any of these things.
0: Yeah, right. And a lot of them, a lot of them had real loud exhaust. <laughs> It was, it was funny, like just
1: straight pipes. Dynamo Motors says one of the top brands in motorcycles in Mexico. That's really odd. Like you would have thought this has got like cruisers and stuff mm-hmm. weird vento they all like their sound so there's kawasaki of mexico which is probably the bmw of mexico harley Davidson.
0: yeah like i saw i saw a triumph dealership i think and i saw a bmw dealership
1: um but yeah it was there's a company yeah from india it so says it was created in 1945 it's called it looks like b-a-j-a I don't know, it could be Bajaj, Bajaj.
0: Oh, wait, Bajaj? B-A-J-A-J? Okay,
1: like, yeah. Yeah, Bajaj. Bajaj.
0: They're like one of the biggest manufacturers of motorcycles in the world.
1: Yeah, that's what apparently it says says. Suzuki's there too, Honda. Interesting.
0: I think KTM might have a deal with Bajaj. They have a deal with somebody. Bajaj has a deal with some bigger, like not bigger, some more well-known outside of india brand i think it might be ktm um that one of them is like making bikes for you know ktm or bmw or somebody like that
1: yeah i'm wondering if they're the ones who produced the parts for the harley street when that first came out oh yeah that was an indian
0: that was an indian manufacturer as well right i think so yeah I, i know they were saying made in america but it was like a whole loosely assembled in america situation i think yeah
1: Oh, um hold on one second here. I got weird stuff coming over my phone <laughs> so did you uh you get any close-up looks at anything was it anything cool or was it all kind of looking like the same
0: uh, everything I saw I didn't get real close to anything um I w- a lot of it just kind of looked real samey you know like the sort of like super small displacement or you know just a small displacement like pseudo sport bike look mm-hmm. you know with like it just just looked kind of like like the ninja 250 and smaller kind of kind Mm -hmm. of look to it um where like you know the ninja 250 everything looks fairly proportional i feel i felt like a lot of the proportions on some of these bikes looked a little off um like like the 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 bike's motor was just too small to fill out that fairing right
1: right I've, i've seen a lot of i don't know why i keep seeing them everywhere but it just seems like i'm seeing an an a large number of groms
0: i saw some like grom clone looking deals out there too uh it was a fun trip though i walked a ton like so much (laughs) and something that's weird that was struck me as odd the very oh my camera's off again whatever something that struck me as odd the very first time i um that i sorry the very first day that I was in Mexico was that their subway has rubber air filled tires like their metro trains they have tires and really yeah instead of
1: like riding on a rail tires riding on a rail or like
0: um kind of so you know, the way that like a uh, roller coaster has sort of like that outer wheel that holds it on and then like a, a wheel that sits on top. So they have like wheels from multiple directions to. Yeah. They had a similar setup where like the tire was on the inside of the rail and then they had another like kind of outrigger tire that was on the outside of the rail pressing on the rail itself. Uh, but I was like, what happens when your subway gets a flat, though? Like that seems. I'd probably, I'd probably still run on it. Yeah, I'd probably. probably Slow down. Yeah. But it just seemed weird.
1: Yeah, I'm like... I, I'm i hoping that you're going to get a chance to ride the bullet train when you're there if you haven't already done it. I have. I, I, I did it last time had? I was here. Was it cool? Like, how... Can you tell you're going fast? Like, It's...
0: I, if you when you look out the window yeah um but it's super smooth and just like almost seamless i mean cuz they it, the thing just is so smooth it's it's not the magnetic levitation situation like they don't they don't really do that here um that's more of like a europe thing mm-hmm. but so you're still on like steel rails and wheels but but yeah it's it's super uh super comfy and quiet and you look out the window and things are just like, you know, like blasting by. Yeah.
1: I I don't know why people bitch about, um, like here in Florida, they're talking about a rail tour Orlando and people are up in arms about it. Like, I don't get it. Like, (laughs) To me, it would seem like it's to have more public transportation where you're keeping trucks and vehicles off the road is a better idea. Like, I went on a crazy rant the other day because of truckers. Like, I've just uh, on the tur- Florida Turnpike, it's only two lanes. You know, when one truck goes to pass another truck, oh, it takes like a, a half hour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And then you got this rolling roadblock where nobody can get by. So I was like, Elon Musk should have tunnels all over the United States. And they just shoot these trucks through the tunnel. There's not even a truck. It's just a box with cargo. And they just shoot it through. And and then just leave the road open for motorcycles and cars. And yeah, but that's not going to happen. So public transportation, you go to some cities in the United States, like New York, for instance, it's fantastic. You can get everywhere on public transportation there without a problem. Yeah,
0: I went to San Francisco a few weeks ago and... (laughs) I rode four different forms of public transportation while I was there.
1: Yeah, even even like Philly, we did it. Atlanta, we did it. No problem. You got to come to South Florida, and it's like impossible to get anywhere.
0: Yeah, San Diego yeah. has a bus and a trolley. The trolley's not super developed, but San Diego's not a huge city either. Um, LA's public transit system isn't great either.
1: No, it's like Miami. Uh, yeah, you know, it, they'll they'll have some like there's there's a train, there's two trains, there's Brightline and. And a tri rail here, and we we actually took the tri rail down to the airport when we went to Portugal, which wasn't bad because it dumped you out right at Miami International Airport. Mm-hmm. You got out, and then there's like a little people mover thing that takes you into the terminal, and so that was okay. But it's it's when you go into a city trying to get from that train to, to anywhere else, you're really just kind of limited to Uber because yeah. nobody the buses here. <laughs> man it's just you are taking your life in your hands on the bus it's yeah
0: when i was yeah. when i was so i was in mexico city with my friend Julieta um and we we were at a bus stop and i commented that most bus stops i've seen have like a a schedule posted for when the bus stops at that place and she was like yeah they don't do that here cuz it's pointless like the the bus arrives when it
1: arrives <laughs> whenever it wants to. (laughs) Yeah. Guys like, Hey, by the way, we're going to stop and have lunch. So, you know, about another hour, you come back on the bus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The bus gets here when it gets here. Um, Did they have, did you notice in Mexico city, the proliferation of like bird scooters and bikes to rent or they don't do that there?
0: Oh no. So they have, um, okay. So there's, there's a transit card that, um, you know, it, it basically, it, it's your little Thing to allow you to pay for the bus, the subway, like basically all the different kinds of buses, all the different public transport. You can also use it to unlock and ride those dockable bicycles. Um, those ones that have like a, an area where you hook them back in and they, they like get locked into position at like a station. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could we, we used those a couple of times like one one of the days just to get around um but they were they were such a weird configuration they had like a smaller front wheel and a bigger rear wheel and i, I don't know why the bikes were designed the way they were designed they were weird but but they had them like, in the
1: inter- it, like, a, like an interceptor
0: yeah and they yeah, had but... they had uh they did have some electric ones too some uh like pedal pedal assist ones but um yeah so that's all like pretty well integrated into the city's like transit system or you know like public public transportation situation i didn't see they might have existed but i didn't see any of those like uh, electric kick scooters, yeah. But here in Japan, I rode
1: they're, they're... one for the first time
0: in um, Atlanta. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I rode them. I I rode them a lot in San Diego, especially my last like couple months there when I was living downtown. I would leave my car parked in my parking garage and like ride that thing to the grocery store. Um,
1: yeah, they're actually pretty quick and pretty fun.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm and surprised that <laughs> the here in San in Japan they have to have a license plate. <laughs> What is it like a little
1: teeny tiny
0: Barbie doll license plate down on there? It's like the size of a motorcycle license plate. Um, they have their because they're classified as like a light vehicle. Like I, I, that's not even the right word, but it's it's like a it's still classified as a vehicle and has to have a license plate. Yeah, yeah, of and course that, it is. With, with electric bicycles here, um, they can't have more than a 250-watt motor. Um, and my electric bike that I used to have had a 750-watt motor, so I didn't want to deal with it. Like, I, Basically, I would be passing cars all the time, and I was like,
1: I don't think so. You sold your bike?
0: Yeah, yeah, I sold it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the more I keep looking at it, friends of ours have the Super 73s, and the more I look at them, I'm like, oh, that thing is so cool. They're cool you know, looking. Like, yeah. yeah. They've
0: got that like Schwinn with the banana seat kind of look yeah. to them.
1: Yeah, they just don't—they don't fold, so they're not right. going to be useful for us. Even yeah. though ours are, you know, they're not the highest quality. They're, I found out recently, and I think we talked about this, that they're all made in one factory in China. Yeah, you just go there and tell them what your configuration is, because one of the guys we know, he got folding bikes like ours, and we put them side by side, and they didn't even try to make them look different. Right? You know, they were—they was the same bike. Yeah. So I might try to get a folding one
0: out here, uh, just for right, using on the train, because they. I can take a bike on the train. It has to go in this little bag. Mm-hmm. And it's way easier to get a folding bike into a bag that's the right size than it is to get a non-folding bike. If you, You'd you have to pull off your wheel if you're going to put like a regular non-folding bike.
1: So I'm probably going to get the name of this company wrong, but there's a, a really popular folding bike. I think it's called Hampton. Hmm. I don't know. It's It's kind of higher end. But apparently they're making an electric version too, and it's light. But if you if you look for like high end folding motorcycle, you may find it. I'm pretty sure. I think it was Hampton because everybody talks about it all the time. You know, and they they talk about it like, uh, well, I've got a Hampton. I'm like, oh, what what's that? You know, like I'm supposed to know, right? But that, that's a. They said they made it. They're making a folding version, and it, I think it comes with a bag. Like it actually packs in a bag. Is it you carry Brompton? It Brompton, that's it. Okay, Brompton i knew it was something with a ton on it right so yeah i'm not completely addled i'm getting there but not completely (laughs) yeah i've been forgetting stuff left and right like i i misplace things now all the time i don't remember where i put them and i think part of that reason is i have too many bags Like yeah. I'm going to do a video on bags soon and mm-hmm. then get rid of a bunch of them. So if I'll send you the inventory. Oh, and by the way, I did buy another Peak Design bag. <laughs> I bought a I bought an everyday 20 liter. I got it on Poshmark like dirt cheap. <laughs> Don't <lie>. laugh. You got a 20 liter every day. <laughs> yeah. The version one. Okay. <laughs> For like a hundred bucks, brand new <laughs> on Poshmark. Don't laugh. Nice. After I even told you, like, hey, that bag's really not for me. That wouldn't buy one. Like,
0: right. Hey, I know what? that our whole conversation was you, like, I don't really like that one, and I, I love mine. I have. I use because mine.
1: we like the same shit. I you know. and me, we do. So if if I'm like, then it starts buying. Well, Chris likes it. So what am I missing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: I. I love mine. It's, uh, it's the, it's what I used in, uh, San Francisco and Mexico City. Do you have a no, one did, or two? I did not use it in Mexico City. I'm sorry, what? Do you have a version one or two? Two. Two,
1: okay. I don't really know what the difference is between them, but... There's a video out that shows the, the two, they just, they listen, they, they're a company that listens to their clients, which is great. So anytime people start talking about stuff, they'll, they'll look at it and then they'll incorporate the change. <laughs> but I want to try it out on a bike because it seems like it's pretty functional for that. And, um, yeah. I just wish they would take, you know, like Kriega makes the, some of the best motorcycle backpacks I've ever seen in my life. And, and they just, yeah, he, you know, the, the, the strapping is really done right. The bag itself is waterproof. Most of them, even the roll top one I have, is, is a that's a fantastic backpack for for taking on a motorcycle. And you know, a, a viable option is taking any type of camera cube and putting mm-hmm. it in a, that type of bag. That's fine, especially the cubes that you can put straps on them and carry them around. Yeah, or throwing a smaller backpack in that bag, it would fit too. Because the one bag I have is thirty liters. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to try that. I'm actually going to try putting that the little. Um, tote pack or this everyday carry in one of these bags just because the tote pack the straps on it would not be good on a motorcycle at all it's it's not really designed for that and what's nice about them is you can what wouldn't go ahead. what do you mean they're just kind of thin and they don't the adjustment on them is is like ladder chain webbing sewn on the bottom oh it clips into a clip. So it's not easily adjustable.
0: Oh, that's right. Cause the tote pack is sort of designed to like go from being a tote to a backpack.
1: Right. Right. And so, you know, on a, one thing with you're, you're wearing a backpack with street clothes on and you go to put it on your, over your motorcycle gear. Yeah. It's there's not, a big adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not practical with this at all. So if you were just going to travel someplace and you wanted like a weekend's worth of clothes and a camera bag that putting it in one of those 30 liter Krega roll top waterproof bags would be a decent setup. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play around with that. Try it. Cause I yeah. love that bag. Like the, of all the bags that I have, I'm not going to sell the Kregas cause they're great.
0: I, as you talking about bags, just made me think of like my luggage coming out here to Japan. And I had one suitcase that I'd used it a few times. I bought it earlier this year or earlier last year. I mean, um, from, you know, like Ross or something is like, you know, one of those, that discount store, like TJ Maxx, Ross, whatever. Um, and the last time I used it, I noticed that one of the like little areas around the wheel was like cracked so that if you tried to roll it in that direction, it would sort of like start to tip over. And then when I was walking, I was trying to walk from the military air terminal to the shuttle bus and I like rolled over a metal grate. And the next thing I hear is my suitcase just dragging on the ground. So I had four suitcases and they're all like strapped together. And I suddenly hear. <laughs> and so I stop and I look back and one of the wheels, not the wheel that was already cracked, a new wheel just got ripped clean off. <laughs>
1: So, I would tell you that next time you're in an airport, pay attention to the ground and see how many wheel parts you see. <laughs> I bet. Like, once somebody, like, alerted me to that and I started seeing it, it's like they're everywhere. Like, these things just disintegrate. Yeah. And constantly. you can
0: buy... So, they, there's companies that sell those, like, aftermarket wheel kits that you can put, like, uh, polyurethane, like, skateboard wheels or um, rollerblade wheels on your suitcase yeah. that look pretty nice. <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't change the suitcase. The suitcase is still going to be like a thin plastic, weak piece well, of crap.
1: Listen, being in a relationship with a flight attendant, I've learned more than my fair share about luggage because they've got, you know, they most of them use a brand called Travel Pro. And Travel Pro has a section that we can't buy. You have to have your employee number. It's oh. called the air crew section. And then one level higher than that is a company called Briggs and Riley that we, Marcia and I ended up buying two of their international size carry-ons because they're different bin sizes for European travel and they're expensive, like, but they're guaranteed for life and they're guaranteed they don't make it hard for you. Like some of these you know, where you got to jump through all these hoops. Right. Yeah. We bought one of them, hers at a store in the mall in Boca Raton. And the guy goes, you ever have a problem, just bring it back there. Cause he I don't care how old it is. Nice. He goes, it's guaranteed for life. We'll send it out for you. If they can't fix it, we'll give you a brand new one. And he goes, and that goes for you buying a Briggs and Riley anywhere. Doesn't even have to be from here because he if you buy one, cause so I ended up buying one, they had a, they ran a sale like on Labor Day or something. Yeah. I bought it off their website. And the the guy had said the same thing. It doesn't matter where you get it, they're guaranteed for life. And they're they're made really well. Hmm. But they're you're paying for that quality, oh, yeah, and you're I'm paying sure. for that lifetime. Yeah,
0: it's like five hundred bucks. Yeah. For one. But, I paid about you know, half of that today for a Samsonite to replace my other my other bag that lost a wheel
1: yeah you know if you're one of those people that travels like once in a blue moon and who cares if you're spending like 65 bucks on some bag from ross or marshall's or something yeah, and like that, that
0: but that's what i did but then i i traveled a ton last year like i i realized just today i'm like a couple hundred miles short of platinum on with american airlines and i didn't fly exclusively with american last year
1: so so as much as I have a bag problem when it comes to camera bags, she's got a problem when it comes to travel bags. So there's a room in the house and I'll send you a picture <laughs> later, like underneath the desk is like six rollerboards. Yeah. You know, cause she's like bought something from travel pro and like, Oh, there's one that's got a little bit bigger, carries more stuff. She's bought that one. then she's got like a couple different types of flight bags that she carries and then different lunch boxes. Yeah. You know, when you think about it there, sometimes she's flying three legs is six flights mm-hmm. rolling in and out of airports and de- going to different aircraft. So these things take a beating. And Like, I don't blame her. Go spend good money on something that works for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, so sp- the flight that I took, you know, I'll just, I'll just do my whole adventure that was getting to Japan. It wasn't like terrible, but I was told by my last command that so I flew to Seattle on the, the 26th and I flew out on the 27th to Japan. And I said to my last command, I was like, Hey, what am I supposed to do? Like, do I get a hotel that night? Or like, like, how does this work? Like, am I, or basically am I authorized? Are you, is the Navy going to pay for me to have a hotel that night? And they were like, Oh no, the, the lodging is all taken care of, um, by the air terminal, the military air terminal people. So you just check in with them as soon as you get there. So I land in, Se- in Seattle and, at around 8 7 7 p.m and mm-hmm. i'm supposed to check in no later than four thirty in the morning for my flight so i called the air terminal people and they're like oh no you're on your own until you check in like we don't care what you do you can do whatever you want um but you just have to be here by no later than four thirty to check in for your flight and i was like all right cool So I got it. If I had known that in advance, I would have planned for that. I would have flown up to Seattle earlier and I would have like, you know, gone out to eat, gone to the Pike Place Market, like gone and seen the things in Seattle. Because, you know, I I used to live near there. So it was whatever but like I would have gone and seen some stuff that I used to see you know that I you know visit Seattle and go to like this sandwich shop that I really love or whatever but so I was a little grumpy about that and then I was also grumpy that like cool now last minute I have to find a hotel room so fortunately there was you know it's an airport it's a relatively decent sized airport there's hotels right next to it got a hotel they came and picked me up And, you know, their shuttle runs 24 hours a day, so I had no problem getting back in time. But I slept for, like, what felt like 30 minutes. (laughs) You know, I got back to my room, got some food, slept for a very little amount of time. And then I had also been told by friends of mine, hey, if you're on that military flight, like, they don't, they probably don't have food or any, like, services, so be prepared for that. So, I had, like, you know, I bought a bunch of stuff, like, at the little, like, Hudson News stand or whatever. Mm Um, to make sure that I was going to be all right for the flight and I get on oh also so if you're a military traveling on orders on a commercial flight you can carry up to you can check up to five bags for free and they can they waive the heavy bag fee mm-hmm. apparently military flights don't do that so that
1: makes no sense.
0: I agree with you. So I checked. I checked a carry-on size bag just because I didn't feel like dealing with it, and three full-size suitcases flying up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then I get there and I find out, oh, uh, we have smaller carry-on bins, so your carry-on isn't going to fit. And yeah, it's a, it's an international aircraft. Well, it's a, it was a, an old it's an old seven sixty seven. Okay. So my my carry-on has fit in, like, the 787s that I've flown to and from Japan in before, um, like, no problem. But this old 767 didn't have, didn't have the carry-on storage space for it. So I had to pay 250 bucks to check two bags. And I'm like, you guys suck. <laughs> like,
1: so the the whole flight was military, though. Right? Yeah, it's it, a, it was charter, a it's chartered. a chartered
0: flight. Yeah, by a a company. The flight was operated by a company called Omni Air International. And, and
1: they did not have um service at all. That's the, the thing.
0: So I was told they would not. They did. They fed us twice. They had in-flight entertainment. You know, like in the little screen on the back of the thing. Right. So it was just a regular flight, just on an old plane. Um, right that couldn't fit your carry-on if you, unless you had a tiny carry-on.
1: But that that makes absolutely no sense that on a full military flight, they would charge you. Yeah, You well, But you want to probably, it's probably the contract with the, with that owner of that aircraft.
0: I'm so, sure. No, 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 we're going to, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm going to try to claim it when I check into my command and get all my do all my travel claim stuff but that was just it was just super frustrating because i'm like if i had known that this was going to be the case i would have figured out a way to get the rest of my stuff
1: well if you how do they expect you to get your shit out there in the first place Do they do you schedule it to go on some other type of aircraft like a cargo plane or something? So
0: you can do, they do like a basically two shipments. You, you can schedule two shipments, um, like a regular household goods mo- shipment where they get the majority of your furniture and all that sort of stuff. And then you can do one. And that one takes like the slow way to get to you. And then they do another one. That's like a rapid one where they put it on a cargo plane and send your shit. But, mm-hmm. I didn't think that was going to be a problem because I only had like clothes. And so, so you're not bringing a bike at all. No, I sold my bikes. I sold my car. Um, so all that's gone. I just had furniture and, you know, like my bed, stuff like that. That's already here because I shipped it so early. Um, but, you know, I had, uh, you know, all my, cl- not all my clothes, but right. I had. Kept, but a lot a majority, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I had know. a lot of clothes and I, I had some other stuff and i I was not expecting to have to like shell out 250 bucks. And somebody was like, oh, the the lady at the check-in desk was like, um, well, you're going to have to pay for those. Or you said something as if, and I was like, well, I can't leave them here. Or she's, you know, she says something like, are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, I don't have a lot of fucking options. Like.
1: Right. Well, can you still, can you take them to your house for me? Right. Like, I don't yeah, live I'll, in Seattle, lady. Like, right. what?
0: What do you want me to do? um
1: Jesus Christ. so i'm actually kind of excited about the fact that you're going to be buying some japanese motorcycle
0: yeah i i have to take um i think i have to take a a there's a class i have to take here in japan before six I can, weeks long that
1: cost ten thousand dollars or something God, like that, that or,
0: suck. no it's it's i don't even think it's i don't even think i have to even pay for anything but it's it's um it's like a mandatory uh it's basically like a basic rider course thing, but they do it here in Japan to for military people coming from not Japan.
1: Oh, so it's probably something that's easier to, like it's in English. and Yeah, yeah, not, it is.
0: It's all, it's yeah. all, I do, I schedule it all through the military and they, I just don't remember what it's called. It's like, it's like the equivalent of the experienced rider course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might actually just be the experienced rider course. You just have to do it. Before you can, before you're allowed to ride in Japan, even if you've been riding forever.
1: Um, yeah. So that's I fine. get the feeling that's like, that's pretty much the way Europe is too, you know, that there's some, especially in the UK, like there's, you've, you've got to take a class before you can do anything. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to tell you, and this is probably the last thing I got, is okay. I talked to our friend, Spencer Hill. The yeah. Night and i don't know if i'd mentioned this a while ago but he's been working for moscow moto for a while yeah and He's got a project he was telling me about that sounds kind of exciting. It's going to be video based. So I don't want to like let the cat out of the bag now, but I'm going to, we're going to have him on the show and he's going to talk about it. Cool. Which is going to be pretty neat. Yeah. I look forward to it. I like Spencer. He still he's wants us, Yeah. He still wants us to try that Basilex gear. And now that I've lost 40 pounds, I might actually fit into some of it. So. Yeah. I
0: would, I would love to try that stuff. Like I, yeah. I, I remember right when they first released it and I, got, I, you know, I interviewed Pete, and we talked about it all, like it was so much, it was, it looks super cool. And it turned me onto that whole event material. Yeah. Um, which now I'm like looking for in outdoor gear when I'm, you know, buying stuff. Um, I haven't bought anything that has it yet, but
1: I have like kept an eye out for it. So we actually had a conversation about the first Ride Up the Divide film and that we, we really, after five years, we really still want to get it done. And yeah. it's still relevant. So I may be filming an interview with myself and with Spencer. I'm going to try to fly out and meet him. And he's going to be in Georgia in May for an event. I think it's like a a BDR fundraiser. Mm Mm-hmm and I'm going to go meet him there and do some stuff. I'm actually going to Baja in April too. So that's, that'll be the first time in Mexico for me. Cool. What are you doing in Baja? <laughs> so there's a, a it's believe it or not, it's an adventure rally. So it's cars, trucks and motorcycles. Cool. That, there's a company called Flare Space that okay. makes the, the flares for the side of the mo- the van so that you can like make it a little wider from side to side. Like if you have a bed like ours, it kind of like stick out. They're sponsoring this thing and it's open to all vehicles. Apparently, they're going to have a bunch of adventure bike guys out there, which would be a lot of fun. We're going to drive there. And I was hoping I'd have a bike to bring and I'm still looking at electric motorcycles. i still still, yeah. yeah, I just don't know what I want, but you know, I can charge it right from the van too. That's the thing about it that makes it so, so interesting for me is that I can just plug it in and charge it. It'll take a long time, but it's available. I mean, it's 30 amps in the van, but uh, yeah, we're going to go there and, and hang out and then, After that, go to Vegas and leave the van in Vegas for the summer. And then kind of, but I I was just hoping that I would be able to have like the whole back end sorted out with the bike carrier because I think I'm going to need an extension. I don't think it's going to fit the way it it is right now with the box on the back. I think if I put an extension on it, that's going to lower the weight limit. So that's why I keep looking for smaller displacement electric like dual sport type bikes. Yeah. Yeah. I keep going back and looking at zero, so we'll see. It's just—it's a lot of money, you know. Yeah. They're, they're not. Zeros are expensive, very, very pricey. Yeah, I don't want to get something Chinese. I well, I mean, I'm, they're probably all made in the same place, but I just want something that's got more of a, a reputation. Sure. So, that's all I got, man. Spencer's same here. coming on, hopefully well, soon. That's exciting. Have
0: the gear dude on. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to bed. All right, that's fun. I'm going
1: to go to bed soon. All right, man. Yeah, you look beat. <laughs> Thanks. I look tired. Like yeah, you, look you look like, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I do. I just got up. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Get All out and ride. See ya.